Hey, everybody, this is Lee McGinnis, and you're listening to the Daily Reflection Podcast. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. My name is Michael Lynn from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'm Lee McGinnis from Leesburg, Virginia. As members of the recovery community, we created this podcast as a way to provide experience, strength, and hope through the lens of the Daily Reflection book. Each day, we interview members of the recovery community in the hope that their experience may provide inspiration. We value inclusion and diversity, and we really want to provide a platform for all the voices of recovery. We aren't affiliated with any 12-step or recovery program, but you may hear these mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Hey, before we get to the show, I'd like to ask a favor. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could leave us a comment or a rating. This is going to do a couple of things. It's going to help us expand our reach and improve the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, Lee, what's going on today? So today is May 6th, and we're talking about the daily reflection for today, which is called Hold Back Nothing. Yeah, so this is the daily reflection for May 6th, Hold Back Nothing. The real tests of the situation are your own willingness to confide and your full confidence in the one with whom you share your first accurate self-survey. Provided you hold back nothing, your sense of relief will mount from minute to minute. The damned up emotions of years break out of their confinement and miraculously vanish as soon as they are exposed. As the pain subsides, a healing tranquility takes its place. It's from the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 61 and 62. A tiny kernel of locked-in feelings began to unfold when I first attended AA meetings, and self-knowledge became a learning task for me. This new self-understanding brought about a change in my responses to life situations. I realized I had the right to make choices in my life and the inner dictatorship of habits slowly lost its grip. I believe that if I seek God, I can find a better way to live, and I ask him daily to assist me in living a sober life. Thanks for reading. You're welcome. Um, We usually start by asking the guests their sobriety date. So what's your sobriety date, Mike? My sobriety date is January the 10th of 2014. Mine is January 1st of 2012. So as we read this, you know, obviously we're talking about at the first part in the quote from the 12 and 12, we're talking about a fifth step and it talks about your willingness to confide and your full confidence in the one with whom you're sharing your first accurate self-survey. So I'm wondering what was your first fifth step like, and what was your level of confidence at that time anyway, in the sponsor that you were working with? Mm. Yeah, it's a great question. And I'm thinking about my relationship with him leading up to that fifth step. And I I did have ultimate confidence in him. And by confidence, I mean, I I surely trusted him. And I trusted that he got sober through the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I was trying my best to, to listen to the suggestions he gave me and really trying to follow the program to the best of my ability leading up to the fourth step getting all of those those resentments down and my part in them, uh, it was an arduous process. It was painstaking. And you know, my first attempt at it, I really struggled because I don't think that, that I was willing enough to be honest about you know, my part in a lot of the things that had gone wrong in my life, that had gone wrong in my life. So it was quite a challenge. And I think I remember talking through the the list at first and my sponsor kind of scoffing and you know kind of laughing about some of the cursory things that I listed 
and asking me to get a little bit more serious about this. And that's when I started to dive a little bit deeper and look at my life and look at the resentments and the, the, the trouble that I had caused in my life and in the lives of those people that I am close to, my family members and uh, people I worked with, anybody whose lives I touched. You know, I guess the, the folks that have done this process will, will relate, I'm sure. Um, but it's, it's not an easy process to look at in depth, to look at what you've done and what your part is in it. And my sponsors stressed one aspect of the process, and that was to do it in columns, to do it one column, one row at a time and list the resentments first before filling out the other columns. And I think that helped immensely because I could focus on just the things in and of themselves. You know, I guess if, if I follow through with the entire process, getting to the fifth step, the fourth step is where you fill out that fearless and searching moral inventory. As I completed that, and I moved on to the second, third, and ultimately the fourth column where I talk about my part in it, I made a conscious decision to hold something back. There was something very painful in my past, and it was, it was going to be too painful to share. And I was certain that it would be met with some negative reaction. Although I trusted my sponsor completely, uh, I didn't know how he would react to, to some of the things that had happened to me and what I had done as a result of them. So I, held, I consciously held that thing back. As I continued in the process, I felt comfortable that that was going to be safe forever. And I, I got a sponsee and I started working the steps with him and we got to that very same point. And I did exactly as my sponsor did with me. I walked him through exactly the same process and I told him how to do the, the fourth step inventory in the same way that I was told to do it. And we got through the fifth step. I think we spent you know, close to three hours walking through that. And he uh, went off and, and did the hour. You, know, you do an hour where you just kind of do self-contemplation, meditation, and prayer. And you come back to your sponsor and you discuss anything that you may have left off. And this, this sponsee of mine told me about something he left off. And it happened to be the very same thing that happened with me, which was really freaky. Like it was, you know, one of those God moments. And um, that caused me to really take a hard look at, you know, you know, what I had done, what I had held back. And, um, you know, I felt like, like in that moment that God was working in my life to show me that I can trust. And I ultimately gave my sponsor a call and shared with him that, you know, that one thing. I think my my relationship with my sponsor became stronger because of that level of trust. And I think on both sides, you know, because I was able to, I felt a greater level of trust in being able to, to tell him that. And I think he also felt a little bit more trust with me that, uh, that I was able to give him that information and trust him with that. So how about you, Lee? What, um, what comes to mind as you read this? And I know it's, it's focused so intently on the fifth step. I think that was a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing it. I actually came into AA, uh, I don't even remember how many years before, through Al-Anon and visited AA uh, several times. And I remember seeing the steps on the wall in Al-Anon meetings, but also in the AA meetings. And, and they kept me out of the rooms for many, many years because I was like, there is no chance 
that I'm ever going to write down, much less tell another human being things that I have done. And, you know, I proceeded to drink probably 20 more years beyond that point. By the time I got into Alcoholics Anonymous in January of 2012, I was ready to do anything that I was asked to do. And I knew the steps. I mean, I, I remembered having seen those steps. They made a big impact on me back then, but I was ready to do whatever was asked of me. And I did have a sponsor the first time I did this, that explained to me that this was not a confession of sin, that this was about getting to causes and conditions. Like, why do I do the things that I do? And so the first time that I did it, um, and I had multiple sponsors, I think I had like three or four sponsors my first year. So I did this three or four times because each time I got a new sponsor, they asked me to do the same thing over again. So it got a little bit easier, but the very first time, you know, I shared things that I never thought I would share. And what was beautiful about it was that, you know, these are things that I had kept in the deepest recesses of my soul or mind, but I was so isolated in them because I had never shared what was beautiful about it was that in sharing this with my first sponsor, she was like, yeah, me too. Oh my gosh. I did that too. I did that too. I was shocked that the stuff that I found so repulsive in my behavior uh, for so many years were, were things that, you know, this particular person had done. And then I did this, this a couple more times with, with different sponsors and they all basically, you know, we'd all basically been doing the same thing. There's only so many things, you know, that we can really do out there. And we've all done most of them. So I remember the first time that I sat down and did my fifth step, you know, I didn't get the sense of relief that it talks about in here. I literally wanted to drink when I left. I do remember my sponsor's husband was also in the program and he came up to me as I was leaving the house and getting in my car. And he said, congratulations, you're now a full-fledged member of AA. And at some level, I thought that was cool, but really I just wanted to go drink and I knew I wasn't going to, but I wanted to. And the reason was I had talked about things that I'd never talked about before. And a lot of childhood issues came up, a lot of abuse and painful things that had happened to me in my past that I never spoke about. And so it stirred all that up. And I felt so sad for the, for the kid that I was when I grew up and I felt sad for my story. It was the beginning of of all kinds of self-love and self-acceptance and self-knowledge, which it talks about here in the book. My sponsor, the first sponsor I did my fist step with was actually a therapist, which was a blessing. And she was able to say to me, you know, a lot of these things that you've done are things that you've done through adaptation because of the way you grew up. Like you didn't really have a choice. You, you did the best you can. And, and now you're going to know better and now you can do better. So that was my experience. I've done multiple fifth steps since then. I've done four steps with each sponsor that I've had. I've had the same sponsor now since about nine or 10 months into sobriety. And we've done many four steps on, on specific issues. I just recently uh, worked with, am working with, with somebody different on a specific four step and fifth step. So to me today, inventory and the trust that it takes to share that inventory with somebody else is, you know, it leads me into step six and seven where all the change comes from. Like it's, it's about awareness. It's about awareness. And so today I do it with the spirit of forgiveness for myself, 
honesty to the best of my ability. And it's what I do because I desperately want to be happy, joyous, and free. And these things that I don't know about that I haven't inventoried yet are blocking me from my relationship with a higher power, the sunlight of the spirit and the sunlight of the rest of humanity. Um, and I'm sure I'll continue to work on inventory stuff for the rest of my life. Yeah. I think it's an ongoing process. And I like the fact that we can always go back. Uh, I have a couple questions for you, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about the iterations. Did you find that each time you did it, did you get deeper or was it a lot of the same? Well, the first several times I did it, it within my first year of sobriety, it was kind of more of the same because I was just doing it with another sponsor and I honestly didn't really know what the heck was going on. And I was just kind of catching them up on where I was so that they could help me with the rest of the steps. As I've moved through sobriety and have decided to do additional inventories, it's a deeper exploration really. So the, the grosser things that I did kind of have gotten taken off, like the, the greater resentments, the ones that plagued me for years, like all of that stuff is kind of gone and, and it's been gone since that first year, but now it's just looking at, at different levels of dishonesty, maybe different levels of resentment, different levels of fear that I really didn't know were there. And I, and I don't always know they're there until something creeps up. You know, it's usually pain, some kind of painful situation happens. And I recognize that because of the spiritual axiom that if I'm suffering, it's usually about me. So there's something that I need to look at. So I, I reach out to my sponsor or somebody else who has a lot more time and more experience around that. And, and I ask for help in looking at what my part is in it, because I can only manage me. I can't manage anybody else. So that's kind of, so I would have to say, yes, it gets deeper as I go. Mm. And, you know, the whole idea behind this is to find our character defects and how we use them to respond to what happens in life. And mm -hmm. the daily reflection talks about this new self-understanding brought about a change in my responses to life's situations. Do you find that as you've done multiple fourth and fifth steps, that your character defects are, are more glaring? Are they, have they truly been removed? And tell me about the change in response to life situations that you've experienced. Um, I would have to say there has been wholesale change in who I am as a person. Some character defects have been removed. And there are many that still live on. And the difference is today that they don't run me automatically. So there was sort of an unconscious propulsion based on character defects or character adaptations. And I would, something would happen and I would instantly react a certain way, or I would navigate life using certain tools that may not have been useful. Today, because I have so much more self-awareness than I did before, and I have a long way to go. I mean, I'm still learning. So, but because I do have more awareness of myself and how I operate today, I can respond differently. I can choose how I'm going to respond rather than automatically being triggered and responding. Now I can go, oh, I remember this is why I feel this way. And 
I don't have to react that way. I can choose a different response. And, and I think we were talking about this earlier in the past, I reacted out of fear today. I can recognize, okay, this is fear creeping in. Let me just pause. Let me pray. Let me maybe ask some people and then let me respond out of love and honesty instead of out of fear and a desire to manipulate, if that makes any sense. Oh, it sure does. And it's right in line with the reflection. I realized I had the right to make choices in my life and the inner dictatorship of habits slowly lost its grip. Those habits being the character defects and, you know, automatically responding. Now, the funny thing is though, I'm not sure about you, but left to my own devices, when I start missing meetings, I'm not talking to my sponsor. I'm not reaching out to another alcoholic. Those character defects, they, they're reinstalled as habits. Do you, do you find that as well? Yeah, I do. And why don't you tell us more about that? What do you mean by that? And, and how do you, how do you keep that daily reprieve going? Yeah, I have this, this kind of this metaphor that I, I use. I'm a software developer and I think of things in terms of technology. And I've used the term before in meetings where I describe, you know, my new operating model. I'm, I'm Mike 2.0 and I've had this this patch applied to my operating system. And the patch is just like on your computer, you have a new version installed and it's relatively bug-free as long as I continue to run the updates and every day apply those updates right over top of the existing operating system. And for me, that's, you know, going to a meeting, prayer, meditation, you know, reading right from the book, 86 to 88 on a daily basis has been a game changer for me. And that's, that's how I apply that patch. And I, I'm just so much better able to, to operate in line with the ideals that I set forth in, in the, the process of recovery. But if I skip meetings and I don't pray, med- meditate, I don't read the book, it's like that patch goes away. And the, the old bugs, the old patterns of behavior just become so glaring once again. And I operate out of fear. Like you said, I, I operate out of fear instead of out of love and, and thought of others first. Just so simple when you think of it that way. Uh, but it is daily work. It's a, it's a daily process of applying those, uh, those principles in my life. And um, life can get pretty good when I do that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, this is a lifetime journey of work. And the way that I have come to see it is that with a strong relationship with my higher power, when, the, when my higher power is at the center of my life, I get those jolts of wisdom and of inspiration and it comes from love. Like when God is at the center of my life, I behave like the woman that God wants me to be. And so this inventory work is about learning what those blocks are to the relationship with my higher power. Because when I'm blocked from my higher power, I'm running on self-propulsion. I'm literally operating out of the opposite of love, which is fear and all kinds of crazy stuff happens when I operate out of fear. So to me, this is about constantly uncovering the blocks to connection with my higher power so that I can be of better use to my higher power and my fellow man. That's really what this is about. And when I'm in that space, I'm happy. You know, I feel joy. I'm content. It's enough. Everything I have is enough. What I am is enough. And when I'm not acting from that space nothing's enough. And I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. 
And we've heard on the show many times, you know, we're either moving toward a drink or we're moving away from a drink. I know that's my story. I'm either moving closer to a drink or further away from a drink. And today, after a few years of sobriety, moving closer to a drink feels awful and I don't like it. So today I do the daily work, like you're saying, to give me that daily connection today to higher power. So I'm curious, Mike, because a lot of people coming in, and I'm sure there are a lot of maybe newcomers or people that are thinking about coming in that might be freaked out about it. And um, I'm curious what what you would tell them about these steps that we're talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, the the only real advice I have is to be thorough and to seek guidance and find someone you're comfortable getting uncomfortable with. You know, I vividly remember after the fifth step and after doing a lot of the, the additional work, really being able to look myself in the mirror once again and being able to look others in the eye and feel comfortable. Like this, this level of comfort that set in for me uh, after having shared these deep, dark secrets, you know, I don't think I was, you know, completely expunged of all wrongdoing, but I sort of was able to put those things in their proper context and realize that, you know, there, this is a process and it explained for me that that everyone has character defects and everyone operates from from a negative emotion like fear from time to time uh, but we don't have to carry that for the rest of our lives and and there's a way that we can place these things in the proper context and and set them aside and concentrate on living in in harmony and living a much better life so if you're new or 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 maybe you even just feel new maybe it's Maybe it's time to look at this fourth and fifth step again because it's, you know, it's not something that it's it's necessarily one and done. Seek guidance from a sponsor, and um, and lean in on this one because it's it's a big, it's a game changer in terms of how you can live your life and and feel real solid joy, feel real solid connection with with other human beings. And I don't think I really ever felt that before doing this specific step in this process. So. Don't skimp on this one. That's my advice. I agree. And um, I think I would add that, you know, these steps go in an order. You're not going to be asked to do this step until you're kind of in a place to be able to do it. So don't worry about it. Also, we don't have to share this with a sponsor. We can share it with another. It says the book is clear and it says share with another human being could be a clergy member. It could be somebody else. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a sponsor. I feel like the sponsorship relationship is, is one of the most important relationships that we'll ever get into. And it is important to have the right sponsor. And so I always like to give the women that I sponsor permission to move on if they need to, you know, if you find that this relationship isn't working for you, then you have my absolute blessing to go find somebody else that will, because, you know, it doesn't always work. This isn't that hard. I think it's a big deal and it's, it's important and it's, it's can be scary, but at the same time, it's not anywhere near as scary as drinking is. I mean, drinking is hard. This is not as hard as drinking and trying to live life while you're drinking, you know, like while I was drinking, life was really, really hard. This is nowhere near as hard as that. So I think my advice is just keep coming back one day at a time, go to meetings, talk to your sponsor and do the steps. Fantastic. Lee, another great episode. Anything else to add before we wrap up? Mm, Just keep coming back. It works if you work it. 
It doesn't if you don't. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find us online, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Reflection Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read stories of recovery from our community at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.